the book of Psalms, chapter 63. Amen. I want to first, uh, before I get into things here this morning, before I get right into my sermon, uh, I want to just encourage you to continue to be faithful uh, in our Wednesday night Bible study. I know that uh, we have had a series, uh, unusual uh, weather this year, and it seems to be really impacting our Wednesdays. And so uh, the principal, for the most part, um, have given us grace, and there are some uh, sometimes when we, get, we can come inside the school, but a lot of times uh, it's a liability issue if we continue to have Bible study if they haven't plowed the parking lots and different things like that. And so uh, we have not been having Bible study a lot. But I want you to know that Bible study is still important to us. Amen? And so make sure that you be diligent. And so we're going to be right back on point uh, this Wednesday. Uh, I will be in town, so I'm glad to hear that. I've been out for a little bit. And we just just give me, do me a favor and pray for good weather. Amen? Uh, are we expecting the bad weather this week? We got another icy day coming. Lord Jesus. Lord, we just need to pray that thing away from it. This is just crazy. But how many know that we got to persevere, amen? Sometimes you want to get what God has for you, you got to go through the storm. You got to drive through a little ice every now and then. So, so anyway, so um, I just want to encourage you in that uh, to stay faithful, to stay diligent, and to remind you that this is our 120 season campaign. Bring somebody with you to Bible study. Uh, there are even some of your Christian friends. I mean, I'd have a Wednesday night Bible study. So bring them to our discussion groups. They're great. They are inviting. Uh, they are encouraging. They are uplifting and designed to empower you uh, as a believer. And so we want to make sure that we want to use every opportunity to invite someone every day to participate in what God is doing in our family. Uh, are you there in Psalm 63? Amen. We're going to begin reading. Uh, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. How many of you would say God has been your help? Amen. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, uh, Lord, we thank you for the privilege once again to gather around your word. God, we are praying this morning, God, that there would be something stirred within our hearts 
that God, that there will be something, Lord, that draws us closer to you, that we might hunger more for you, that we might thirst more for you, and that we might love you more today than we did yesterday. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God, you made us for the purpose of worship. You designed us, you called us out to be a people of worship. And God, what a privilege that is. We don't want to take it for granted, Lord, that, that we have moments and opportunities every day to declare your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness, your tender mercies, oh God. They are new every morning, and we declare great is your faithfulness. And even in this moment, as we sit around your word, God, your word is elevated above everything. For you said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So Jesus, we exalt you right now and we say, speak to us. Yes. Speak to us, God. Speak to every person. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that's a sponge this morning that we might be transformed and changed today yes. as a result of having been in your presence. We love you and we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord because he has been my help. You know, when you're in love with someone, you don't have a problem telling them how much you love them. You know, when you're in love that, <laughs> when you're in love, there's nothing else that you see but the person that you're in love with. At times when you could be on the phone talking and to one, two, three o'clock in the morning, both of you fall asleep, but you're still on the phone because you're in love. Every single moment, every second of the day, everything you do, you cannot wait to get in the presence of the person that you love. And how do you know when you love something, it's not laborious. You hunger for it. You, you go after it. When you, when you love something, when you're in love, how do you know that you've got eyes for nothing else? How many people know what I'm talking about? You married people. That all you can think about is him. All you can think about is her. And the very thought of her and him brings such joy in your heart. You long to be in their presence. You do stuff that you wouldn't even ordinarily do. <laughs> because you're in love. You're in love. We think about God, and many people don't look at God as a God that you can be in love with. Some people think of a God, some of us, I can, I can see the faces, some of us, we're, we're a little bit uh, withdrawn, if you will, when it comes to this subject of falling in love, because intimacy with God and intimacy in general uh, speaks to something that is very private. But yet, it is the very essence 
of what God made us to be in relation to himself. Everything about love generates from the lover of our souls, God. I mean, God created love. God loved us. God so loved the world that he gave. God came hunting after you, running after you, chasing after you. When you were in your rebellion, he defeated your rebellion. And he chased you down like a hound dog because he loves you. Everything that God does in your life, every commandment that God gives you, it is born out of his love and affection for you. And when we learn how to reciprocate that kind of love back to him, it's transforming. It changes everything when we learn to love him in the way that he loves us. So I love those moments when we come together. I, I enjoy moments when I'm in his presence. And, and yes, and I don't mind crying. I don't mind shedding a tear. And I don't mind saying to you this morning in the congregation that I love my God and I am in love with him. Some 24 years later, my passion and my drive have never changed because I have been impacted by his grace. And so for me to lift my hands and to declare how much I love him, it's an easy thing. We've been talking about worship this morning. I want to talk about how to cultivate intimacy in worship. Because what I, I don't want to happen is that you become robotic in your expression of love to God. The worship does not become a robotic thing, but just something that you go through, it's you haphazard at it, but something where your emotions are tied. Jesus is after your heart. Jesus said this, that you're to love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, all your heart. Everything within you, you are to love the Lord. To love him. That's God's gift to us. Do you believe that? When we love him, let me tell you something. It's, it's like when, when, when I fell in love with God, because, you know, when I first came into the kingdom, I didn't really know what that fully was. I was still trying to find my way. But when I fell in love with God, my wife would tell you, I, I was like somebody possessed. I really was. You would have thought that I was crazy. You would have thought if you were my friend, he is going off the deep end. Ah! First to get to church on the front row, couldn't wait to hear the word. Whoever was preaching, I'm all ears. I just wanted to know him. Apostle Paul, you remember he said, in Philippians, I want to know him, the fellowship of his suffering and, and, and the power of his resurrection. How, how do you come to a place when you say, I want to fellowship with your sufferings? How do you come to a place when you, when you say that I want to experience the same kind of pain that, that, so that I might experience the beauty of the resurrection? Paul said, I want to know him. 
and I'll do anything to know him. How was it that these 12 men, these apostles, gave their lives everything so that they could be with him? I submit to you today, they loved him. You don't give yourself over to something you don't love. So, comes to this place in Psalm 63. It's a wonderful psalm. Because you, you read this psalm and it clearly indicates that David was a man who was in love. David was a man, as I said in a previous message, a man's man, but his heart melted before God. He was a psalmist. He was a worshiper. And he says, God, you are my God. Personal. You are mine. He's not just the big fella upstairs. How many you know what I'm talking about? The man upstairs. No, he's not the man upstairs. He is my God. He says, early, early. Everybody say early. Early, early. He says, I will seek you before I seek anything else. Hear me. Before I get my Cheerios in the morning. <laughs> Before anything, he says, early, I'm going to seek you. In other words, he says, I'm coming after you, God. I'm coming. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry, in a thirsty land. The picture is a desert that is dry has no life. And he says, God, I'm thirsty for you. I got to have you. I need you. I am not going to make it without you. I am desperate for you. How do you want that kind of love? I, I, I'm not painting this picture for you. Here was a man who was saying stuff that was deep. He was beyond surface I mean, no, we need to get beyond the surface and we want to go deeper. You see, worship is about going deeper. He says in verse 2, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary. How many know you got to seek him? You got to look for him. You got to look for him. He says, because your loving kindness is better than life. Here's a man who had been impacted by his loving kindness. God had did something in his life, and God had, had, had impacted him in such a way that he said, oh, God, I want more of that. He said, thus I will bless you while I live. How many know you ought to bless God while you got breath in your body? Hallelujah. He said, I want to bless you. He said, I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. How many know that when you come into a relationship with God in this way, he will fulfill your every desire? You see, that the problem with man why he's seeking and hurting is because he has not yet found true love. I clap myself. True love, when you find true love, everything else doesn't matter. It's the fake stuff got to go. Because when you find true love, you change. 
you become satisfied. The depths of your soul, Jesus said it this way, that, 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 that when you come to me, out of your belly will flow rivers. Everybody say, rivers of living water. That speaks to soul satisfaction. So man today is destitute, seeking everything else, not understanding that if we just seek him with all in your heart, first of all, he says, you'll find me. I mean, you'll find him if you seek him. Because God wants you. Amen. He died for you. David said, my soul will be fat and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Stay with this. He said, when I remember you on my bed. You see, this guy, he's off, he's off the rocket, isn't he? He said, now, when I'm going to sleep, I know when it's sleep time, you're supposed to go to sleep. He said, while I'm laying down, <laughs> I'm thinking about your goodness. I don't know, he got bit kind of bad, didn't he? Now that's why you hear the Bible, God said that David was a man after my own heart. Now you understand the context. David said, when I go to bed at night and the night watches, one, two, three, four in the morning, God, I am thinking about you. God wants that kind of love affair with every one of his creatures. You, who was created in his image. He says, verse 7, here's why, here's why, here's why. He said, because you have been my help. This speaks to relationship. This speaks to a man who included God in his life and God did some things in his life and proved. How many know God want to prove his love to you? But how many know you got to be awakened? Say to your soul, awake on my soul. See, this is one of those mission messages, but, but it'll bless you. Because if you want to be intimate with God in worship, you have to make a decision to be. The scripture says in James chapter 4, watch this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. All right? Let's, 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 I want to say that again. Draw near to God and he will, everybody say will, draw near to you. I've said this on many occasions and I want to echo it here again this morning. You are as close to God as you want to be. I want to ask you this morning, how close do you want to go? How deep do you want to go? Do you want this? Let me tell you something. There is nothing. When David said that in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. He, he, there is nothing like being caught up in his presence. Nothing. I'm telling you, it's better. I've never tried drugs or crack anything, but let me tell you something. It cannot touch that. Nothing can touch when you get impacted by the presence and the full power of God. It'll break you. It'll make a grown man cry. Nothing. It's more satisfying than Jesus, the lover of our souls. So if I want to draw near to him and I want, and I want my experience to him not to be mechanical, I don't want it to be something where you got to force feed me. How many of you have ever tried to force feed your baby? <laughs> yeah, kids try to force, they don't want to eat their greens, and try, you know, they don't want it. They don't want it. How I many of God don't want to have to force feed you? God wants you to crave him. 
He wants you to long after him. He wants you to seek him with all of your heart. He wants this to be an experience that you say every day, I can't wait to be alone with him. Every day. That you look forward to the opportunity. You mean to, I get to get into the presence of God. Man, I can't wait. I love him. I love him. And to love him is to find peace in your own souls. To love him and to know him, you'd never be the same. So drawing near to God means that we have to pursue him. We have to go after him. Which means that we have to decide that we're going to be a worshiper that really do love God. We're going to have to make some changes because, you know, God is not a cosmic bully. He could have made you a robot, right? He could have. He could have bullied you. He could have made you that way. But he said, no, no, I, I want you to do this. So I want to give us some steps this morning, and then I'm going to get out of your way. You say, how did David come to this place where he said things like, my soul thirsts after God? My flesh longed for you. How is it that the Apostle Paul was saying that he was willing to die and do everything he could just to be in fellowship with Jesus? How did you come to that point? How do you, I know, Pastor, you said we're supposed to be intimate. We're supposed to love the Lord. But how do I do that? What I said, how do I develop and cultivate intimacy with the Lord? I want to give you some steps this morning that I believe that will help us. And, and I don't do a whole lot of guarantees, but I guarantee if you apply these principles, you will discover your intimacy level with God will increase. It will increase seven times over. Number four, the first step, you want to cultivate intimacy with God. Listen to this. Be thankful. Everybody say, be thankful. be thankful. Now you say, Pastor, what does that has to do with worship? <laughs> it has everything to do with worship. You know, one of the things that would turn God off as quick as anything that would shut down your worship experience is when you come before God's presence with a spirit of complaining. Amen? How many of the children of Israel, God wiped out a whole lot of them because all they did was complain. It's one thing to say, Lord, help. Come on, somebody. But it's another thing to say, to complain, because what you're, what you're inevitably, inevitably, you're telling God, God, I don't like it, and you're not doing enough. What are you doing, God? We're complaining to him. And if we're going to be true worshipers, watch this. Listen to me, because this will help us. Learn how to be thankful no matter what you're going through. Here's what, y'all hear me. This is not deep and profound, but it's deep and profound. Be thankful. Watch this. The rest of the week, how many of you got some stuff that's really difficult right now that you're dealing with? Come on, come on. Show of hands. Come on. You got some things. You got some, you got some things. Everybody, you got some stuff that's been really hard, and you really would like God to change it. Come on, somebody. Then here's what I want you to do all week. Here's what I want you to do. Every single day, just begin to thank God. 
Say, Lord God, it's not where I wanted to be, but I thank you it's not, it's not what it could be. God, I know, Lord God, this situation is difficult, but God, I thank you that you have provided for me still. God, I thank you, God, that I could have been six feet under, but today I'm standing here and I can declare your praise. God, I may not have an overflow, but God, I opened up the refrigerator this morning. Thank you, God, there was food on the table. Oh, Lord God, I might be in trouble today. My health may not be what I wanted to be, but God, I thank you. I got a mouth. I can open it and I will give you praise. In other words, be a people of thanks. The Bible says in all things, everybody say all things. Give thanks. You know, how many know what all things mean? Y'all, y'all, y'all preaching this morning. <laughs> all things mean, all. he said, be thankful in all things. He didn't say you have to love everything that you're going through, but he said this, be thankful. Let me tell you something. God, watch this, hear me. God, the, the, the spirit of thanksgiving provokes the presence of God. Amen. You want God's presence? Be thankful. When you talk to God, God, let me tell you, now, when we're the opposite, God get upset. God's spirit just walks away because God can't handle that. A heart that is not grateful. But every time you're thankful to God, no matter what you're going through, you're, you're invoking the presence of God. God hears the people who are grateful. He loves the people who have gratitude. If you want the presence of God, be thankful. Stop complaining. Don't complain about your situation. Thank God that he's in the midst of your situation. Because you must understand that God is up to something in your life. And, and every time you say thank you, it's a smack in the devil's face. Oh, devil, you thought you had me. You thought you were going to get me up here talking about God and complaining to people. Oh, no, I'm going to give God praise today. And I want to thank him for what I'm going through. Number two, here's what you do. You cultivate intimacy with God. Call to remembrance past victories. How many of you, God have done some things, you prayed, you've asked God to do some things for you. And God did it. You prayed and said, Lord, make a way. God did it. <laughs> you said, God fixed this situation somehow. And you look up and God did it. See, it's something about, I tell you all the time, you ought to keep some kind of a diary. Write down, every time you pray and ask God, write it down. Because after a while, you'll start seeing something. You'll start seeing this pattern. Man, I mean, I prayed, God and check. God, yeah, check. Man, I prayed for that two, three years ago. And God, check. God, check. See, when you call to remembrance what God has done, it will provoke intimacy with God. Because instantly, I'm going to tell you, there are times right now, my own, I'm telling you, there'd be, I mean, some days I'm just walking, I'm just taking a, I'm in the office, and I think about something God did. I mean, and I just go to, and I had to hide myself because, you know, I don't want nobody seeing me cry. And, you know, and I, I'm not crying because I'm upset. I'm not crying because I'm frustrated. I'm crying because he's been good to me. <laughs> He's been good to me. God has been good to me. And so those are tears of joy. They ain't tears of frustration. In the midst of what I'm going through, and the, it doesn't matter. Call to remembrance. You remember David? You know, he did that. You remember David? That little shepherd boy in the back? He had to call, you know, God called him for a reason. David had a heart after God because when David was unknown, everybody say unknown. A little shepherd boy in the backyard taking care. He said, he, look, when he got ready to fight Goliath, they were trying to marvel. How is it 
that this little boy will stand up and want to fight this man Goliath when all the grown men were running. Come on, somebody. Scared to fight. David said, oh, no, you're not. David said, who are you, Goliath, that you're going to taunt the armies? Who do you think you are? You know, by the way, I recall that when, when the lion and the bear came up against me, I cried unto the Lord, and he delivered me. And you know what? I'm going to get you too, because I'm going to cry unto my God, and he's going to make a way out of no way. Call to remembrance what God has done all the time. Think about his goodness. Come on, somebody. David, David developed courage and strength and intimacy because he trusted God. God made a way, and he had a testimony. That's why I, I believe the church ought to get back to some testimonies. Amen? Testimony. It's testimony time. Anybody got a testimony? Mm, hallelujah. I'm getting all excited. Call to remembrance. Number three. Oh, here's a big one. If you want to cultivate intimacy with God, watch this. Look at neighbor and say, come clean. You got to come clean with God. How many know God, how many know, first of all, y'all know he know all things anyway, right? You know, you, we, we can, you can fool me some of the time, all of the time, but you can't fool God none of the time. <laughs> the Bible says that everything is naked unto him to whom we must live our lives. So we're going to be intimate with God. We've got to come clean. You know what? When you sin against God, you know ain't but one thing to do. Lord, I did it. It's me. Sorry. You know, when David, when he sinned against Bathsheba, you know what, you know what David did when Nathan the prophet came to him? David didn't give all these, you know, when he, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Y'all are familiar with the story, right? David didn't give all these excuses. Well, you know, Lord, you know I've been stressed lately. And Lord, by the way, the people ain't been treating me right. Lord, you know, I ain't been getting much sleep lately. And Lord, you know, it's been really hard for me lately. And by the way, Lord, you know, you know my wife ain't been acting right lately. Oh, come on. Oh, Lord, oh, God, 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 you know, God, it's just been really hard trying to lead this whole nation and, and all these enemies. God, you know, it's been, no, no, David didn't say that. David didn't go into this big old thing about, oh, God, to try to make all these excuses. How many know that ain't but one thing to do is come clean with God? How many know God can handle it? He already know it anyway. He just wants you to confess it. Come on, look at the neighbor and say, confess it. David said this in Psalm 51, verses 3 and 4. He says this, for I acknowledge my transgressions. See? I acknowledge it. Yeah, God, I did it. And my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. So we need to be a people quick to repent. If we're going to cultivate intimacy with God, you can't walk into God's presence and you can't live in the presence of God and ignoring your sinful selves our sinful selves, the things that we do. We can't ignore that and act like it doesn't count. How many know that we need to have short confessions with God? How many know that God has clean, made our slate clean? But how many know in order to fellowship with him on a regular basis, we need to act right, amen? And when we blow it, ain't but one thing to do. I'm coming clean, God. I'm coming clean. I'm coming clean. Not like the kids, you know. Get the cookies out the cookie jar and you catch them and they got crumbs all over their mouth. You just eat a cookie, no, and you see the crumbs. That's how we look sometimes in the spirit. No, God. Yeah, the crumbs are all over our face. Let's just come clean. God likes a person, a people that are open and honest with him. 
Be honest. Take the mask off. Amen? You want to be intimate with God? He's a God of truth. Number four. Look at the neighbor and say, sit down. <laughs> sit down. Sit down. Sit down. It is increasingly more difficult today to make the time to focus all your energies and all your attention on the Lord. You see, how many of you are busy? How many of you are busy? Honestly, you're busy. You just got a lot going on. Pastor, I'm busy. But let me say this to you. If you can't take some time out of your schedule to make sure that you're focusing your time and energies on him, even if it's for a moment, even if it's for a couple times in a week, how many know you're too busy? You're too busy. You need to cut something out of your schedule, and it should not be him. See, here's the, here's the problem. You remember that story of Mary and Martha? We don't have time to turn there in Luke chapter 10. Martha, who was she? Martha wanted a clean house. Hey, how many know God like a clean house? So, so if I come to your house, clean your house. Don't, I don't want no dirty house. I'm telling you right now, I don't like dirty house. You invite me over, clean your house. Same, I'm going to do the same for you. Y'all come to my house for a marriage group, my house is going to be clean. We're going to work at it. So ain't nothing wrong with cleaning your house. Jesus didn't rebuke her for cleaning. He didn't rebuke Martha for cleaning the house or wanting a clean house. He didn't rebuke her for that. He says he rebuked her because you're too busy, you're too distracted, Martha, that you don't have time to sit and listen. Let me, let me help you with this. You need to have a time where if, it, listen, you put a time, however you need to do this, where, where, listen, where the phone goes off, I had to cut mine off. Phone goes off, the iPad goes down, and you find a place where you can just do nothing but focus on the Lord. No kids, no dogs, no, nothing. Just absolute focus. You want your worship experience to increase? Do that. Sit down. Just say, you know what? If you need to, put God on your schedule. How many got God on your schedule? Come on, be honest. You, I mean, God is on your If I looked at your calendar, there's God. Put him on the schedule because more than likely the devil going to make sure. I think April said it this morning. I think she said something to the effect that if you don't fill that place with something, something else will come in there. The devil will make sure that you stay busy. He'll be trying to fill you. Look, the devil will work your calendar for you. Oh, you want me, sister, to work your calendar? Give me your calendar. Oh, he will work your calendar for you. And he'll put a lot of nice little godly things in there for you to do. So that you can't focus your time. And energy. Let me tell you something. You want to hear God speak. How many believe God speak? Amen. God does talk. The Bible says he's a God of the living, not a God of the dead. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God of the resurrection. He's alive. He's listening. So here's what we need to do is we need to take a step back. and We need to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to sit down right here. This, Lord, I've been too busy. The kids are driving me crazy. The folks on the job got me. I'm a, God, I'm going to take Everybody leave me alone. I'm going to be in isolation for 30 minutes. What are you going to do? I'm just going to be my Savior. 
Let me tell you something. Your intimacy level will increase if you learn to do that on a regular basis. So look at your neighbor and say, sit down. Today. <laughs> Number five, we only have a few of this. We only have a few of these. How many know that we got to love one another? Did you not know that your love for me and my love for you affects my relationship with God? Do you understand that? Jesus said, a couple of verses I'm going to read. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, you know where the altar is, the place of altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there at the altar and go your way. First, everybody say first. Be reconciled to your brother. Then, then, everybody say then. Then come. 1 John chapter 1, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21 says this. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, I didn't say this, the Bible says that. He says, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must, everybody say must, you got to love me. Oh, I see some of your faces right now. You got to love me. And I got to love you. We are obligated. Jesus' prayer, his high priestly prayer, read it in John chapter 17. He says, Father, I pray that they would be one. So how many know we got to be right in our relationships? How many know the Bible calls us to love our who? Enemies, all right? How much more are we to love those who are in the kingdom? Oh, pass this hard work. Work at it. Get over it. Because you're required to by the master. Why? Because you want to be intimate with God, right? You don't want to carry that into the presence of God. How many know you don't want to carry a bad attitude into the presence of God? You don't want to carry uh, uh, hate in the presence of God? You don't want to carry bitterness in the presence of God, right? You want to experience the full ball of intimacy, right? So here's what to do. Find your brother and sister and love them. Because to love them means you love God. Because God has invested himself in them, and they're important to God. How many know if it's important to God, it ought to be important to you? Oh, look at the neighbor and say, I love you. With the love of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. First, uh, the next one. Uh, I, I forgot which number I was at. Which number? Six. Y'all, boy, y'all are on it. Okay. I got a couple minutes left here. Communicate with God often in prayer. You know that verse in First Thessalonians 5, 17? I used to wonder about that verse. It says, you know what that verse says? Pray without ceasing. And I used to think, how in the world am I going to pray God? Like, how am I going to keep praying? I mean, I got to work. I got to take care of my kids. <laughs> I got to eat. I need to exercise this temple that you gave me. How in the world, God, am I supposed to pray without ceasing? When do I get up? That's because my theology about prayer was all wrong. 
you know, a prayer, you know, we think of prayer as, you know, it's that, that thing we do in the morning, we get on our knees, and, you know, we just do this, and, and, and that's, that's my prayer time. And I get up, and I'm off to the races. Ah, uh, no. Prayer is continuous communication with God. You want intimacy with God? Talk to him all day long. Talk to him about the boss. Talk to him about your situation. Talk to him about the relationship. Talk to him about the friend. Talk to him about this project that you got to have done and your boss have been hounding you about it. Talk to him all day long. In other words, practice the presence of God. Bring God into your every aspect. Bring him in. Say, God, I'm bringing you into this. How many of you know, number one, it'll keep you holy, number one. <laughs> And number two, you invoke the presence and the power of God. And when God does something, when he moves, you're going to notice it. And here's what's going to happen. Your intimacy level is going to increase because you've been talking to God all the while about you've been go- what you've been going through. So pray without ceasing is an attitude where I'm constantly talking to God. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I need to be walking down the road talking to myself. I saw a guy this morning who was doing it. I'm sure he was praying. He was just walking down the road and he was just talking to himself. I'm sure he was praying because he looked like he was normal. He was praying, I believe. How many know we need to do that? We need to pray. Pray without ceasing. Stay in the spirit of prayer. Talk to God all day long. Don't just, listen, don't just say, well, I did my devotion for the day. No, your devotions is all day long. You're always devoted. Devotion is not just for the morning time or the evening time or the night time or your favorite time. Devotion is all day, every day, 24 hours a day, 365 days. Is that right? Yes, thank you. Uh, That's your devotion, amen? You're devoted. Here's another way to cultivate intimacy with God. Watch this. It don't sound like a big one, but it is. I've learned this. Fellowship with like-minded Christians. You know, I have this this picture in my brain. Can I say this? You know, I have this picture in my brain. I cannot shake it, and, and I long for this. It's like anytime I can get close to it on the earth, it just breaks my heart. But I got this picture in my brain of all the nations of the world, people from every ethnic group, every background, uh, people from all time. I just see the lamb lifted up and all the peoples of the earth worshiping him. I got this picture in my brain. And, 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 and it's something about when you come into the presence with other believers who have like minds, it stimulates your faith and it stimulates your intimacy. I find that when I'm, listen, when, when, when folks, and let me tell you something, when you're not around other believers on a consistent basis or when you're not coming to church, how many know that after a while you won't be as intimate with God as you should be? Because it's something about being connected to my brother and sister when I get to hear you talk about what God did in your life. How God brought you up. That stimulates me. And you know what it do? And it causes me to seek after God more. Because if God did that in breathe life, then he surely, he can do it in my life. Are you following me? So you want to cultivate intimacy with God, you got to love his people. I said you got to love his people. It's no, listen, it is a, let me say this as holy as I can. It is a fool who don't draw the, uh, the, the correlation between God's people and their personal relationship with him. 
God loves his people. He loves his people. And something about Christian, you know, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, the Bible said they were fellowshipping, breaking bread all the time. They were together all the time. And you know what? The Bible says God's presence was on them. Miracles start. Read Acts chapter 2 in your spare time. Read it. And I believe Acts chapter 2, starting in verse number 38, someplace, somewhere in there. But the Bible said they were breaking bread. They were going from house to house. Y'all, Christians like to eat anyway. That's easy. Going from house to house, breaking bread together, celebrating. They were doing all that. And the Bible said that God added to their number. And, and, and the Bible said that they were just an assist of all. It's something about being in the presence of other believers that will help stimulate your intimacy with God. How many know you get too much of the world on you, it'll pull you away from God? You get too much of the stench of the world, you start hanging around that after a while, you start being around people too often, and you're not with the folks of God, and you're not balancing that, you get the stench of the world on you, and you know what, and this will become a bore. But how many know that we need to stay fresh with our God? So we need to get around these people. We need to do that. Only got a couple of more and we're done. And I, I'm not going to, I taught on this subject, so I'm not going to be labored, but we need to fast. Everybody say fast. There's no way quicker you can get into the presence of God and become more intimate with him than fasting. How many of you would agree with that? I mean, fasting. That means, Jesus, I want to stop eating. I'm just going to seek God. I'm going to tell you something. If you really want to draw close to God, you say, Lord, I want to get close to you. The first thing you hear, the first thing you do is turn over your dinner plate. Give it up. Everybody look at me and say, give it up. Give it up. Give it up. In fact, I would say that if you're seeking the Lord about something that is, that is serious and you have not fasted and prayed about it, you're not really seeking him yet. But it's something about whenever, God, whenever the people of God fasted or when they fast, they, they just, they, you can hear God much clearer. And usually after that first couple of days of fasting, then after that, you, you, you'll find out that you want the food won't even mean that much to you no more because you're in this thing. And God begins to fill your cup. And in this 120 season, we know you ought to be fasting at least one day a week. Amen? I said amen. amen. Jesus didn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. He didn't tell us how often. He didn't give us a commandment that we, how often we do it. But he says when you fast, which means he expects you to fast. When we fast. How many know when Jesus was with his father 40 days before he started his ministry, he was on a 40-day fast. Everybody say 40-day. We only ask you to do once a week. <laughs> 40 days. How many of you been fasting? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We got some work to do. Fast. If you want to get close to him, fast. If you want to break off some chains, fast. If you got a sin issue that won't go away, fast. If you got a problem that won't break, fast. And pray. And watch what God do. Number nine. We only got ten and we're done. Number nine. If you want to get intimate with God, watch this. Declare his goodness. Declare his goodness. You know, let me, let me, let me say this. Um, there's something about, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 17, but he who glories, let him glory in who? The Lord. Therefore, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, I love this verse. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. I mean, so look at the name, say continually. Continually, that means nonstop. Watch this. 
that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Here's what I've discovered in my own life. Because many of these, many of these that I'm sharing with you this morning, these are things that I practice. And this is how, and I can tell you, I love God, and I really love him with all of my heart. And I'm very close to God. And I want to get closer. I ain't satisfied. Come on, somebody. I'm not, I, there's a deeper place that I want to go. But, but here's what I've come to understand, that whenever I'm going through anything, in every situation, when I begin to boast about God, when, when I begin to talk about his goodness, when I begin to talk about his character, when I begin to talk about his person, you know, my problem just get a whole lot smaller. You ever know that, you know, the next time you're having a difficulty, you're having issues, just stop one and just begin to talk about how great God is. God, you're mighty in battle. God, you're awesome. There's none like you in all the earth. God, you are undefeated in battle. God, you are a warrior. God, you are strong and you are mighty. God, you are a good God and your mercy endures forever. God, you are omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful. God, there is none like you in all the earth. Lord, I make my boast about you because there is no one like you. You are the lily of the valley. You are the rose of Sharon. You are the bright and morning star. You are the glory of all the earth. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and I thank you, God, that I'm going coming up out of this. Amen. You know, it's something about when you declare God's goodness, right. that all of a sudden your problems begin to shrink. You know why? Because it ain't really ever been about you in the first place. It's about the king. So when you get your mind off of you and get your mind on him, sudden, you start feeling good all over again. Right. Suddenly the weight begins to come off. You've been depressed, start talking about God's goodness. They walk through the house. My, my kids say they think I'm, they hear me all the time. They hear me. They look at them. They look. They, they will tell you. I walk through. The, I talk about His goodness, God. And, and every single time, and, and 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 I love it when I get around other folk who start talking about the goodness of God. Oh, we can go on forever because I'm gonna. Because my God is an awesome God. And I'm telling you, when I begin to focus on that, nothing else matters to me. No more. My problems, man, they don't matter. Because, because you know why? Because I am made for him. And so if I can understand that and I can tap into that and I can stay there, all of a sudden that weight comes off of me. I'm not worried anymore. Some of you are worried because you're too focused on your problem. You're too focused on yourself. Get off yourself. Look at the neighbor and say, you ain't that important. You're important, but you ain't that important. Amen? Declare his goodness. Number 10. This is the last one. If you want to develop and cultivate intimacy with the Lord and worship, watch this. Worship even when you don't feel like it. You know, you will never cultivate intimacy with God if, you're mo- if you only move based on how you feel. How many of you feel like going to work every day? How many of you feel like getting up early in the morning to go to work? All that. I mean, you, you feel that I mean, all the time. That's what you, I'm telling you right now, I don't always want to go to work every day. I mean, I go to the gym because the doctor been threatening me with some craziness. But let me tell you, there are times I don't want to go to the gym. I'm just being honest. I don't want But you know what? I do it anyway. Yeah, I do it anyway. And you know what? And because I'm going to, because I do that, I reap the benefits of pressing. In. We talked about we talk a lot about that here. Pressing in. David said this. Watch this. This is Psalm 34, 1. Now this will, this will help us. 
Because you say, well, I don't feel it. Don't, 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 don't be moved by your feelings. Your feelings is like a yo-yo. Amen? Sometimes you feel good. Sometimes you don't. So, so you know, it was that commercial? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes. Y'all remember that? Okay. I'm <laughs> joy. That's what it was. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Okay. Um, David said this, Psalm 34.1. Listen to this. He says, I will. Everybody say, I will. That means that you got to make yourself. Do you got to make your body do what it's supposed to do? Flesh, you're going to worship God today. Flesh, we are going to church today. Flesh, you're not going to hold me back today. Flesh, I'm going to love today. I will bless the Lord sometimes. Is that what it says? I will bless the Lord sometimes. Every now and then, when I feel like it. Is that what it say? No. He says, I will bless the Lord what? At all times. That means when it's right, when I feel like it, and when I don't. How many know that from the rising of the sun to when it goes down, we still give God praise? We're going to give him praise no matter what comes our way. Am I right about it? You're going to worship. You're going to thank God no matter what. David said, David, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. And then in one place he said, I will make my soul rejoice in the Lord. Let me know, you got to make your flesh obey because your flesh is in opposition with God. you got to understand that. Say, so, but one way to deal with that flesh, beat that thing up. Make it your master. And tell us, I'm going to worship God. And, and think about it this way. When you can worship God when you don't feel like it, oh, think about how good it is when you do. <laughs> okay, I don't really feel like it, but boy, when I really, really, really feel like oh, you better look out, because I'm coming. I'm coming to give him the praise. So I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today to utilize these principles. And I'm going to ask you to do something that may sound a little strange, but I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to pray, if you feel led to do this, and say, Lord, help me to fall in love with you. How I many of we pray and ask God for everything else? If you don't love God, if you're not intimate with him enough, then say, Lord, you know what? Um, you know, the pastor has done an okay job of convincing me that I should love you, then God, will you please help me to fall in love with you? So that God, that I want to experience what it feels like to cry in the assembly of the congregation. I want to see, I want to experience what it feels like to fall on my knees and worship. I want to, I want to know what it feels like to cry out to him, to be overcome with emotion and love. How many know God will give you that if you, if you, if you ask for it? If you ask for it. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Thank you, Lord. God, this morning, we thank you that you loved us. And God, we say this morning that we want our worship to be something that comes from the depths of our hearts. God, many of us, Lord, can look at this list and we can see where we fall short. I pray you would give us the grace to shore up those areas and those things that have been blocking our ability to love him as we should or to love you as we should. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you 
will hear the hearts of your people. God, those right now who are asking him, and I want you to ask him if you want God to do this in your life. I want you to ask God right now to help you to fall in love with him again and again. Just tell him. Just pray it to him. And mean it from your heart. God, I pray everybody who prayed that prayer this morning, that they will feel your love. They will feel your power. They will feel your grace. God, I pray that our hearts will melt and that, God, that you will become, in reality and in practicality, the most important person in our life, that you reign over everything, that it's not just something that we say, but it's something that we believe, and it's a place that we live where we know that you are Lord over all. And the commandment to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength. God, I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice, that this will be, Father God, become a reality. And that this love, Father God, will cause us to share it with others and not keep it to ourselves. This love and this love and worship of you will cause us, Lord God, to be uh, an example, to be, Father God, life in, in dry places, dry places of our uh, places where we're employed and Lord, there's a lot of dryness around, God, but Father, water us with your spirit. Water us with your love that that love will ooze out of us and touch somebody else. Because like David said, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. We believe that. We believe that. And so, Lord God, let us never get tired of your presence. Let us never take your presence for granted. Let our church, Lord, go to a whole other level as it relates to worship. And let it begin, Father God, with taking some practical steps to align our hearts with your heart so that we can be in sync with what you are doing in the earth and in our community and, yes, God, in our church. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Um, this is a perfect moment. We're going to take communion this morning. Communion really is a picture of that intimacy because we... Because we become one with him, one with his death and his brokenness, that we might experience his life. So as we take communion this morning, I really want you to pray and ask God to melt your heart with his love. And then maybe you're here this morning and maybe Maybe you've just kind of fallen away a little bit. Maybe your love and your passion for God has waned. Maybe you, start, you started in love, but then some other lover came and stole your heart. Something else got in the way. Then you need to reconnect this morning with God and ask God to reconnect you and restore you. Because this thing is supposed to go from glory to glory. And if you've been too busy and you haven't been giving God that time, then recommit this morning. And let it be with communion. Just reconnect with God. Pray to God. Thank Him for His love. Thank Him for His grace. And ask Him to melt your heart and to clean you up and to make you fresh and new. And He'll do it for you this morning. Let's take a moment and examine our hearts before the Lord. Pray this morning what we just talked about. Pray it to God. Pray for a heart of love in the heart of affection.
that goes deeply beyond the surface. Thank you, Jesus. service, every dollar spent, every work, everything that we do, we do it for your glory. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. Jesus' name. You have to stand to your feet and follow the instruction of the ushers who will lead you to the table. for you, God. It breaks for you. Our heart breaks for you, God. Thirsty for you, Lord Jesus. God, you're so holy. God, we love you. God, we love you so much. God, we love you so much. God, we love you so much. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God, I pray that as we eat this wafer which is symbolic of your body 
I pray that the spirit of love, that your love right now would engage our hearts and there will be an overflow of love coming out of us right now. That we will feel it, Lord, and be drawn to you, Lord. And never be the same, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let us eat together. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink, eat this bread and drink this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father God, this, your blood is symbolic. Father, as it washes down into our system, it's symbolic of your chasing us and washing us clean of every sin and every stain. God, you delivered us so that we can be in love with you, walk in your presence, dwell in your presence. God, there's nothing else we want more right now than you. Nothing, nothing, nothing can compare. Not one thing. Father, we love you. Lord, as we drink this morning, affirm your love, Lord. Affirm your love in every heart, every soul. That God, we can't get enough of you that we want more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to do me a favor and pass those over to the ushers, please. There's only a few occasions when we do this and and this is one of those occasions. Uh, when I spoke with uh, Ben this morning, um, he indicated that they don't have many resources um, to um, bury Aaron. And so I think it's fitting that um, whatever the Lord lays on your heart, that I want to take up a love offering for him. All this money that we're going to give right here, right now, will go directly to help him bury his brother to bury our brother. So um, we're going to ask um, for the ushers to pass. Ushers, just make sure that this offering is separate from the other one so that the counters would know and then we will make sure to get that money to him. So whatever you can do, uh, whatever you can do to, um, to help, and uh, he specifically asked me this morning uh, about that and I told him that we'll do what we can. So whatever the Lord lays on your heart, um, I just want to uh, give him a love offering and give him something to help him uh, in this season. Um, very, very difficult season. So ushers, you can just go ahead and you can just begin to collect. If you need an envelope, um, if you're giving cash, please raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. If you're writing a check, you don't have to. The ushers will make sure that this is separate. And we'll know what we have and we'll make sure to get that to him. You know, it's funny, I, was, I keep thinking about the conversation that I had with uh, Aaron, and he was telling me how that uh, all the trials that he'd gone through and how that 
that he was ready to go all the way with the Lord and that he was a changed man. And he was just beaming. Some of you remember him. He was just beaming with so much joy and so much excitement. We trust God. We trust God. And God will get glory out of this. Amen. He will get glory out of this. I want to thank you in advance for your giving to this so that we can take care of our brother. Anybody else? Uh, have you collected off yet? We're doing this for today. Yes, this is for um, our brother who uh, um, I didn't plan on it, but if, if you want to, just, just let me know. We can arrange for that. Um, I think his brother will be laid to rest on March 17th. Um, I think the funeral is going to be back in Tennessee is what Ben told me. So we do have a little bit of time there, and I'm going to be getting some more information. As I get some information, um, I will pass that on to you. Um, so we're just going to keep believing God, and you know what? It's wonderful because that day, you all remember when he came up here that day, he made a confession of faith, and, uh, you know, that's, let's just keep going, guys. Let's just keep pressing on uh, this is a great work that we're doing here, a great work. And God is working in the lives of people. I'm grateful that he made that change and that commitment to Christ. He's in a better place now. Amen? Amen. Um, we'll just go ahead and bless the offering. I'll do, come on up, I'll just bless that, and then we'll just go ahead and do the benediction all at once. Father, we just thank you this morning for our brother Ben. God, we thank you of the life of Aaron. God, we thank you that you brought him to this church. You brought him here for him to recommit and dedicate himself to you. God, I, I, I see him now, Lord. I know he's rejoicing in heaven. But God, we thank you so much that you counted us worthy to be able to participate in that soul and sharing and pouring into that life. God, and we anticipate the day when we'll be reunited with our brother. So, Lord God, comfort the family. Lord, this is our token of love that we give to this family. Bless, Lord, bless. Bless, Father. Bring comfort, we pray. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his throne of grace, to him... Jesus be glory and dominion now forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.